0: Welcome to the Fin Nation podcast where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host White Dove Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to Nation, Guys, I have a fun, wonderful, amazing guest on today. Lisa Garnell is a spiritual medium, coach, and author. She takes successful women from struggling to get through each day to thriving in all areas of their life. She also helps find fulfillment in yourself and in your relationships. Lisa, thank you for being on with us today.
1: Thank you, Maida. I'm so excited to be here with you.
0: Let's get right into it. Tell us, where did your entrepreneurial journey begin?
1: So it began back in 2002. I actually made a transition in my senior year of nursing school. Um, I thought I'd always wanted to be a hospice nurse with my intuitive abilities, and that didn't pan out. I found myself wondering, what is it that I really wanted to do? It should have been my clue that I didn't like clinicals, that nursing was not for me, and I don't like germs. Those (laughs) should have all been red flags. (laughs) But when I was a child, I had seen a red cross truck, and I had saw myself being a nurse and so I just thought that that was supposed to be my path and I'm really grateful that I did that because I have all that knowledge and all that experience that I carry with me but I found myself being like what is it that I want to do and my aunt was a coach at the time and I saw myself working with her and so my business started back in 2002 so I've been doing this for a while. And, you know, at the time I decided to move across country, I was in Ohio and I moved to San Diego. So I started my business in 2002 when there was no social media at all, (laughs) none, (laughs) there was no Facebook, there was no LinkedIn, there was no Instagram, there was nothing. And I mean, we were doing workshops and you were literally putting flyers on mailboxes, you know, and like trying to build an email list. It was very different in 2002 than it is now. And so. My business has just grown through the years and here I am today. And it's, it's been an interesting journey. Technology has been a godsend.
0: (laughs) I'm sure it helped with the process of, you know, reaching more people that Mm -hmm. you were intended to be connected to as well.
1: Mm -hmm. I
0: could further that along. What was, what was a decision in um, shifting into the coaching that you really had to sit with and embrace? Um, or was it an easy transition into that? Once you started back in 2002,
1: it was an easy transition for me once I started, but back in 2002, people didn't know what coaches were. Mm. So when I would tell people I was a coach, they would say, are you a basketball coach? Are you a volleyball coach? Cause I'm so tall. They automatically assumed it was like for a sport. It was a very different time. So People didn't even know what it was. But for me, I really wanted to do my medium work. And at the time people weren't even completely clear what a medium was. So when I was starting back in 2002, people were just starting to kind of be open to what I did and people were not sure what a coach was. So that part was hard. There was a lot of education that I had to do, but once people worked with me, they were like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. People always tell me I'm amazing. I totally want to, you know, do more of this with you and whatever. And so, it was it was definitely a journey. Just because everything that I was doing was so new, but at the same time, there was no job that I could get as a spiritual medium to do the work that I do today. So it was this was my path. There was no other path that worked for me. Like when I was in nursing school, and I would sit on my patient's bed, which you don't do. I would sit on my patient's bed, and I'd be like, "What's going on in your life, right? I'm giving you 20 pills for your your heart condition." What's going on in your chest area? Because I believe that energy turns into matter. It shows up in physical form. You know, and I'll never forget this one patient telling me that he was struggling with his daughter. He hadn't talked to his daughter in a long time. And I was like, well, you're the dad. Reach out to her and apologize. And like, you know, so I've been doing my work in different ways. And I thought nursing was going to be the vehicle to do that. But if you know any nurses, they don't have time to do that stuff. They Mm -hmm. are overworked. they don't have time to do those things. And so coaching gave me the vehicle to do my energy work in the way that I do it because a lot of mediums and stuff, they kind of just tell you what you have to do and like they're facilitating a lot of the work. I like the coaching aspect because I'm always pulling in, well, what do you already believe to be true? What are your experiences? What do you want to work on? Not just what I'm getting that you need to work on. And I'm teaching you how to do the work yourself, the inner work, so that way you're not completely dependent on me. So that's what makes me different doing both things. And so it's definitely been a process to get here. But if I hadn't started the like, like there, there was no back, you know, when I was leaving high school and starting college, there was no, you have these abilities and gifts. This is your career path. I didn't have that. And so that's why I went into the nursing school. And then from there, I realized, well, what my aunt was doing as a coach, and I was like, "Oh, that's a way for me to do what I naturally do." Mm-hmm.
0: Did you find it was uh, challenging in a business regard to blend the coaching with your medium gifts? Uh, you know, was was there um, was there a lack of, for better words, lack of faith in the possibility that those two could go together?
1: I think because the mediumship is, it's just who I am. I never divide, I've never been able to divide it out. So even when I was in nursing school, that mediumship was coming out. If if I'm a waitress, that mediumship comes out. It doesn't matter what jobs I had along the way, that mediumship automatically blends in with whatever I'm doing.
0: Okay, so uh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So it's more of of just who you are. It's mm-hmm. your being. It's your very. Mm-hmm. It's your very person. You know. That's so your soul. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. And that is probably then what has attracted people to you working with them is because it's a unique gift that not all coaches bring to the table.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what makes me unique. I get to the root of what's holding you stuck and trapped and continuing to do the same patterns and routines and, you know, whatever that mindset is, that self-sabotage. I know what it is. I can feel it. I can sense it. I know what it is. And so it's me helping you become aware of it because that's where the power is. I learned as a child, I can take all your energy. I see all the things that people are holding onto and why and, and what they need you to do to clear it. And I can clear it for you in a second, mm-hmm. but you're gonna walk away from me and you're gonna be like, where's all my stuff? I want my stuff and you're gonna put it back. And so I didn't clear the energy. So I learned as a child that I have to help you recognize this is what you're holding on to. This is where it comes from. It's no longer serving you because it's wanting to be healed and cleared. This is what you need to do to clear it. So I'm really facilitating that. I think that's where that combines naturally with the coaching because can I do the work for you? Yes, but is it gonna stick? No. So I have to walk you through that process.
0: What, have you, what did you find for yourself? And this is gonna segue into asking you know for clients you work with, what did you find with yourself to be the obstacles in the business world in your entrepreneurial journey um, as uniquely you to get to arrive at this point?
1: So it's actually what I teach now. I didn't feel that I was enough and I didn't feel that I was worthy, right? And I teach that. I call it the success wound. And a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with those things. We're constantly proving that we are worthy, that we are enough, that we are love and we do it through our work. And we just continue to try, try to do it more and more and more. And so because I think there were so many people that, you know, in the beginning, I felt like I had to prove what I could do and I had to prove. And so I was always on. I was working all hours of the day. I'd work on the weekends. I had no work life balance. And I knew I mean right when I started my business is also when I got married. It's when I started having kids. So I had all this stuff happening at once. And so the person that I was never taking care of was myself. And so I was constantly getting sick. I was constantly tired, exhausted, you know, reaching burnout. And so that's what I teach my clients now. Like that's what I learned through that whole journey. Like I don't have to prove that I can do all of these things I I know I can do them. I stand in my power now. And I help a lot of my clients stand in their power as well. If we're always trying to prove something to someone else, we're coming off as needy or clingy or like we can't do whatever it is that we're saying that we're doing. Or, you know, it's not a positive energy that we're giving off when we're trying to prove ourselves. And so once I really stood in my power, like, yeah, I I can go back to my birth and I'm, I'm there, you know? I mean, how many people can say, that? <laughs> I can go back in utero if I want, I can see my past lives, I can see the future, I can do all of these things, but I no longer like have to prove it to people, you know, like when I used to meet people and they'd be like, what do you do? I'd be like, oh, here we go again. All right. I'm a spiritual medium. That means this. I'm a coach. That means this right now. I'm just like, yeah, I do. I do um, mindset and energy work. And I don't go into it with people because I don't want to answer all those questions. Just because I'm meeting you at an outside function doesn't mean I have to prove who I am and what I do and all these things, you know, and now my people find me through social media, you know, it used to be just referral. My business was hundred percent referral based and now everybody finds me on social media and they reach out to me from around the world to work with me. So now I can go out and, and truly be who I am without trying to prove at all who I am.
0: What would you say the most vulnerable struggle you had to overcome was in your entrepreneurial journey?
1: I would say that it was um, transitioning from nursing school to doing the work that I do today. My family at the time was not, they were not on board. My grandpa was an engineer for NASA. And I'll never forget him screaming in the hallway of his house and saying, what's wrong with nursing? Why can't you just be a nurse? You're almost done. You have two more classes. Like, (laughs) why can't you finish? Because my grandma was a nurse. My mom was a nurse. My sister and I were graduating at the same time. So that was the hardest thing was breaking away from those expectations of what my family wanted me to do into what I was really being called to do. Hey,
0: Fem Nation! I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M-2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Talk to me about that moment. And tell tell us more about um, that entrepreneurial shift because that that is partly an entrepreneurial shift, but it's also standing in your power, like you say, um, like that you teach uh, other entrepreneurs to do very well, I might add. Um, but <laughs> that being said, that moment. It may not be that particular story for other people and for listeners of the podcast, but everybody's going to come across a moment in time where that is a very significant moment. Talk about that spot, that place, that being in in that balance of no longer being able to sit back doing something that you know you're not called to do and the awareness of what you're supposed to do, but the pushback that you're getting from people that don't understand.
1: It It was hard i'm not gonna lie it was hard it makes you in that moment question yourself and be like am i wrong i mean i come from a science-backed family which is why i'm not very woo and out there and am i making a mistake is this you know going to be hard and and it was hard my grandpa was right it was hard because i was starting something completely brand new in a time when nobody knew who i was what i did and there was no technology to support me but I couldn't go back to nursing school. I absolutely couldn't. They even, you know, I had actually failed my final. And in nursing school, when you fail a final, you have to take the whole class again. And I was a straight A student. I don't fail things. And when I failed that final, I remember just kind of feeling like I was floating, like I wasn't really present, and I kept hearing it was gonna be okay. And when I walked out of the class with my friend, my study buddy, you have a study buddy in nursing school, that's how you get through all the stuff that they put you through. She was like, oh, my gosh, we totally aced that we knew everything. I'm like, I can't tell you a question that was on the test. So from a higher level, I had failed that test because that wasn't the right path for me anymore. That didn't mean I had to drop out of school. That was my choice. That just meant I had to take the class again, which to me, I was like, no, I'm done. We were moving to California. That was already set in stone. Like the date was set. Of course, we could have moved it. But I think that it was just more symbolic for me of everything. Like I was not living where I was supposed to be living anymore. You know, we wanted to come out here and get married. We wanted to get married on the beach. Like there was just so many things that I wanted to do that the nursing just didn't feel right anymore. I couldn't, I couldn't do that and be like, yes, there's no way that if I would have finished nursing school, that I would have done the work that I'm doing today. Because I would have gotten stuck into that whole thing of I'm a nurse, I'm a nurse, I'm a nurse. And it would have been very difficult for me to break out of that and do what I do today. So I did end up going back and finishing my bachelor's degree and I got a (laughs) 4.0. Of course. (laughs) I completely had to start all over again because no nursing classes transferred to, you know, what I did. But it was just, it was just in that moment with my grandpa knowing, like, I I see what you're saying. I'm really good at listening to people and, and seeing their perspective and being objective about it. And I understood exactly where he was coming from but I knew I couldn't finish it. And even though I had spent all that time and money and energy getting that degree, because I had to pay for my own college education, I just couldn't do it. And the nursing staff, you know, at the school was very surprised that I wasn't finishing. You know, they, they also were putting pressure on me to, to finish and to redo it. And they're like, you have an amazing bedside manner. You're really good at it. You know, this is a good calling for you. And, I just didn't want to do it anymore. And I think it all just kind of came back to that moment where I was failing the test and I was like, I don't want to do this. And it tells you I didn't want to do it because I went on to get a 4.0 at my next university, you know?
0: Right. What was the inspiration and motivation that you would rely on to continue to move forward when it got to be hard?
1: I would check in with my intuition and I would just tune in and just be like, what is my path? Where am I supposed to be going? What feels right for me? And, you know, when you do that, you want to make sure that you're not listening to fears and doubts mm-hmm. and other people's stuff, right? Because I had all of that happening. Energetically, that feels yucky and dirty and it, like it's holding you back and it feels off, right? So I would look for the light and I would look for which way am I supposed to go? How am I being guided? If you looked at my high school yearbook, everybody was like, Lisa, you're going to be an amazing nurse. <laughs> <laughs> so when I made that change, it wasn't a little change. Like it was It was a huge change. And my family still to this day does not know what I do. They don't, they don't get it. Some of them do, you know, my dad read my books (laughs) and then he was like, oh, well, I can do some of this too. But again, I, I grew up in a family that was very intuitive. I'm the only entrepreneur in my family. Oh, wow. To this day, everybody has a a J-O-B.
0: So how do you define success?
1: I define success. I love this question because I asked this in my enrollment calls with my (laughs) (laughs) clients. This is like, and people are usually like, I don't know what that means. Success means to me that I can show up authentically as me. I'm not worried about paying any bills. I'm not worried about what anybody else is thinking about me. I'm doing what makes me happy and what brings me joy and love and light in that moment.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Thank you. I love being asked that question because I (laughs) always ask it.
0: (laughs) That's, it's one of my bedrock questions. It doesn't always come up, but it's, it's one that as we progress in the conversation, it's good to know, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's such a powerful episode that it's good for the audience to also hear how you view that, you know, what your definition is to that. So it becomes a powerful, um, reflection point for the listeners. How has the entrepreneurial journey changed you? Would you say since 2002?
1: It's, it's changed everything. It's definitely really helped me stand in my power. You cannot be an entrepreneur if you're not standing in your power because you're going to get so much stuff from everybody else. Everybody thinks that they're an expert on what you're trying to do. They know how you should be doing your marketing or who you should be reaching out to or whatever. Even if they're not an entrepreneur, that's what's crazy. And entrepreneurs are special people. You know, we we know that we're here for something very specific and we're going to get it done and we're going to do it. And we have a special drive that some people don't have that, you know, typically have regular jobs or whatever. We're very driven. We just got to make sure that we're creating a balance Mm -hmm. between our work and our life. Because as entrepreneurs, we get so focused on our goals and hitting our goals. And then we're like, but I created this amazing life. Like, this is what I said I wanted to experience or what I wanted to do. And I'm here and I'm not even enjoying it because I'm just focused on when am I going to sign my next deal? I have emails from my clients. Like we've got to turn that off and create a balance. Just like if you had a real job. Yes. Which this is harder than a real job by far.
0: It's an, yes, it's definitely an 80 hour work week. Even if we try to shut off, right? I mean, our brain doesn't shut off as easily unless we learn some really good techniques from certain people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I definitely do not work 80 hour weeks anymore. Those days are long Long, long gone. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that anymore. I'm very clear on my work hours, my work days, and I'm very good at turning it off. Now I might have an idea because I love to write. I'm obviously an author and I love to write. So I might have an idea. You know what I do? I just send myself a text. Like, here's the idea. And then that way, because you're a writer too, once you get that idea, then that idea is very exciting and you want to follow it and you want to build it. And like, before you know it, you're sitting down writing this big, huge article or adding a section to a book or something. But it's really important to be like, nope, I'm off. I'm grateful that I got that insight. I'm grateful that that's where I want to go. I'm just going to jot this down and I'll come back to it on Monday. Or whenever you're going to work on it. So I've gotten really good at not being on all. And as a medium, I'm on all the time. I don't turn it off when I go to the grocery store, or if I'm sitting in traffic, I'm reading and picking up on energy everywhere I go. So it's become very important for me to like, nope, I'm not working. Nope, I'm not working. I actually have a funny story. I want me to tell you. My yes. really fast. So sure. I have two teenagers. So they were in woodshop and one of their friends came up to them and he's always at my house. And he's like, Megan, your mom, my mom told me that she saw on Instagram that your mom's a spiritual medium. And I told her, no, she's not. <laughs> and Megan's like, yeah, she is. Megan's my daughter. And he's like, well, I told my mom that when we're at your house, your mom never talks about it. Like we have, like, she never says anything. And Megan, and I love this. She's like, yeah, because that's her work and she's not working. So she's not going to share anything unless, you know, something might just come out and you'll like, you'll hear her, her tone change and like her, like the way that she speaks will change a little bit and she'll like, she'll say something and you're like, oh, I need to pay attention to that. But otherwise, yeah, you're not going to know that that's what she does. And so I felt like that was like such a great compliment because the teenagers are always at my house on that hangout spot. But they they don't know what it is that I do because I'm not constantly on, like I might read stuff, but I'm not trying to interpret it and do anything with it. And I've learned to do that in my work as well. Mm -hmm.
0: That's awesome too, that, that, in, in your story there that he didn't realize, you know, he was just like, wait, what? Because it was uh, in his mind, I'm presuming obviously, but in his mind, a spiritual medium looks or acts a different way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for, for him, it was just like, wait, no, what? Mm -hmm. You know, so neat that your daughter was able to articulate that for him, you know, to him as well, what it is you do, but that's balance. That's Mm -hmm. balance for her. That's balance for him. And it's obviously your, your, balance initiated. So um you mentioned being an author. Tell me about the writing books, because of course I have I've written one. But um and so it's fun and I yes I am a writer. I do love creatively express expressing myself in writing form. So tell me, what about your books that you covered?
1: So I actually did not want to be an author. It was not something that I said I wanted to do. It was just something I felt that I was pulled to do because like her, like her friend was saying, you know, I am not your typical medium. I'm not, you know, out there and like, woo, I'm not very woo. Like if you saw me on the street, you would have no idea. And so I wanted to give people very practical ways to do the energy work that I teach. And so that's kind of what I did in each of the books. And each of the books has a different theme. So in the first book I wrote Enlightened Love, that's the energy work basics that I teach. So if you were having a first session with me and you wanted to know and everything that we're going to talk about and go over, that's book one. Book two is all about change. Some people are afraid to touch the book. They think that if they touch the book, they're like magically going to change. (laughs) Something's going to happen, right? Right. Even people that are like love change are like, oh my gosh, I'm going to touch that book and change is going to happen. No, but it's about giving you very strong energy work practices to help you through change because change is not... It's not a walk in the park. Even if you've done change, you're like, oh, I love change. I bought a house. That's a change. I bought a car. That's a change. No, I mean like changes. Like when I went from nursing school to being an entrepreneur or relationship changes or any of that. And then the third book, Energy Awareness, is about relationship changes. And that's really about becoming aware of your energy with yourself because you affect all the relationships in your lives. And it goes into you know other life experiences with people to how to communicate in a fight. Yeah, because we energetically need to know how to do that right we most people don't know how to fight and then they get stuck in that fight and then they're angry and they never move forward and that causes all sorts of problems so those are the three areas and they were very specifically written so that way people could you know just have that access if they're having a problem at two o'clock in the morning they can open up that book and just look at it
0: Mm -hmm. powerful and well uh well-strategized, if I might say, but obviously that comes with, with the delivery of the message. You know, so not all strategy is analytical. There's spiritual strategy as well. So the message being delivered uh, paves, sometimes paves its own way. And see, it sounds like your books did that. So we'll share a link to your website toward, towards those books also in the show notes. Um, but what is one takeaway that the listeners could apply? to further enhance maybe standing in their power or one of the pillars that you teach your clients? What is something that you want them to remember from this episode?
1: So I think the most important thing as an entrepreneur is to do what brings you joy. Because if you're not doing things that make you happy, it's going to be such a struggle. Your marketing, connecting with people, doing the work. You never want to look at your calendar and be like, oh, I have to do this today. That's what being an entrepreneur is all about, right? And then as you get more successful, you hire people to help you with the things that you don't want to do. But one of the things I always like to teach is just how to bring in white light. White light is god love, universe source. So if you are feeling pulled by other people to do something else, or you're not happy about a situation that's coming up, or you don't like how your day is looking, or you feel like you're not standing in your power, bring in the white light. So all you do is close your eyes and you just imagine a beam of white light coming in from the top of your head all the way down to your feet and into the earth. And that's going to help you just clear and align your energy. So then you'll not feel like all these other things are pulling you in all these directions. You'll feel clear and then it'll allow you to move forward on is the best for you. I can walk them through that really fast if you want in like 30 seconds.
0: We can do that. Let's do a little session <laughs> right here.
1: Go for it. Okay,
0: tell us what, we, what to do.
1: Okay, so everybody is... Obviously, don't be driving or anything. Relax. Sit down. <laughs> Close your eyes. Don't have anything crossed. You're going to bring the white light in from the top of your head, down to your neck, down to your chest, down to your stomach, down to your knees, down to your feet, and into the earth. I am peace. I am whole. I am free. And then go ahead and open your eyes when you're ready. Now I can make that like go way longer and <laughs> we can do all kinds of other stuff. But like, if it's just one thing, that white light is just going to help you calm and balance your energy. You're, you're energetically white light, but we get frustrated or irritated or annoyed or people say things and we, we allow that to come in and become our truth. And all that stuff dampens us from just letting that white light blow, blow through.
0: That's a good little uh, reflection for pause as well, you know, to be able to just pop this back in and take that 30 seconds to do that. But you are offering um, a five minute meditation download for them. Tell me about that.
1: So it's just five minutes. We all have five minutes. We're not Deepak Chopra. We don't have two hours to meditate every day. And it just allows you just to calm and balance your energy. And I actually filmed it in Columbus, Ohio. So you see me like in the trees and you can hear the birds and like it's it's actually a very nice meditation just to kind of help you calm and balance your energy. So you can do it, you know, if you're experiencing a lot of stress, you can do it right before you go to bed. It's just a nice way to just kind of calm and balance.
0: Wonderful. We will have a link to that in the show notes. So I encourage the audience to definitely take you up on that download. Tell us where they can reach you. Where can the audience connect with you directly, Lisa?
1: So the best way to find me is on my website at lisagornell.com. So my last name is Fun. So it's G-O-R-N-A-L-L. And on there, you can find my Facebook and my Instagram and my LinkedIn and my YouTube. My YouTube channel has hundreds of videos for you as you've watched me go through videos from the last four years. So You'll see me in all kinds of random places. I might be at the redwood trees. I might be at the beach. I might be at my desk. But I have lots of videos there to help as well.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on today and just being bringing your peace and presence to the audience. It's been our gift to be able to spend time with you. So thank you.
1: Thank you. I love being here
0: with you. Guys, make sure you check the show notes. Download that that free opt-in, that free Meditation—that five minutes is going to give you an opportunity to really kind of learn and grow and open up and stand in your power. But don't forget, there's 30 seconds right here that hopefully you tested and tried out and gave yourself a moment to just pause. But as always, keep moving forward. Hey, Fem Nation! I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21 day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside.